When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Brandon, how's the Quixel art going? I saw you were working on some new stuff on Facebook the other day. So Quixel is making waves. You know, Megascan is a huge deal. Photogrammetry is the gold standard now for realistic games. If you want libraries of updated assets every week, Megascan's using photogrammetry. It doesn't get more real than the image that you're taking. So they do scans. They have professionals. They prep it. PBR ready, ready for you to use within your indie project professionally or personally for your portfolio. So they are hooking us up, Larry. They hooked us up with a 30% discount for the first three months. How do you get this? I'll tell you how. You go over at the checkout, you enter discount code GDU, right? Yours truly, Game Dev Unchanged. So it's just GDU, and that will give you the first three months uh, 30% discount. Awesome, man. Well, here's some news for our dear Patreon supporters. We started a new series called Life Unchained, and every Wednesday, Brandon and I will drop a sneak peek behind the scenes of what we're actually doing in our real lives as game developers. The people want to know what we're up to, so the best place to find out is via our weekly webisodes only on Patreon. Yeah, I mean, we've done two episodes already. We gave a little insight. We talked about, you know, games that we both worked on professionally for the first episode. Second episode, you know, I had another LSU incident, right? Uh, so if you want to hear it, right, you can uh, go and support us on Patreon. Another thing that we're adding as a segment is called Game Stream Unchained. We talk about game development all the time. Well, watch us play games. Game Stream Unchained, we play a game together at least an hour every week, live stream, so we we interact with you as well but the recording is always up there and it's completely exclusive to the patreon community uh it's really great uh one episode is ready up we were playing the co-op game a way out so it's a prison break game and it's perfect it was co-op we had a lot of fun we're going to continue that series but uh the upcoming week we're going to try a little something different right going on to the bandwagon of battle royale the same way radical heights is making wave where so we're going to test that we're at the very beginning, so we're not all noobed up. Like everyone's clearly a noob. But in addition of us playing, Ray Graham, the third founding father, found, favorite roundtable podcaster, is joining us. So we're going to all play together and we're going to check out Radical Heights and see what the hype is about. So that, again, if you support us on Patreon, you will have access and interact with us. And we look forward to it. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, also, you know, other perks would be early access. So we record, obviously, our episodes ahead of release most of the time, but we do. And you can get the video podcast version a week early, usually. Uh, and you can watch it live. And it's an opportunity for you to interact with us while we're doing the interview to ask questions of your own. Again, Patreon is the, uh, the way to get access to that. And of course, you're giving a preview of what type of guests are we having before the day of the release. And this is going to be kept on Patreon for a while. We're not releasing this on YouTube or anything. So the only way you can access it is by supporting us directly. Right. Uh, 
if you want to extend the conversation, if you're listening to your favorite episode or you're listening to the recent episode and you just want to talk about it beyond the comments on Facebook and Twitter or whatever, you can join our Discord community, right? It's a very active, growing community. We post roundtable news, you know, if you want tidbits of what we're looking at, of possible topics that we're going to talk about uh in the upcoming roundtable news, we have a channel dedicated to roundtable news. We have a channel dedicated to jobs. We have a channel dedicated to different aspects of the podcast that is beyond just the podcast. So if you want to have conversation with other listeners, go jump on our Discord, which can be found on our main website, www.gamedevunchained.com. All right. I know we talked a lot about things that you can donate towards or things that you can buy. So why don't we just give you something for free? Here's this week's free episode of the podcast. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the number one podcast about video game development and the lifestyle thereof. I know I say that every time, but I mean it every time. This is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. And with me this week to help me co-host this very special episode, I bought a very special friend, and I did say bought, Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, I don't come for cheat. This is Brandon Pham. Welcome to this week's episode, bringing a special guest, Cecil Kim. Cecil, woo! Hey, how you doing, guys? Hi, oh, hi Brandon. Cecil. <laughs> Hi, Larry. Good to have you on, man. No, yeah. Good to see you again, brother. Good to talk to you again. Well, uh, this is part of the podcast for all the noobs out there who doesn't already know who Cecil Kim is. Uh, Cecil, do you kind of kind of give us a little background? Your a little peek of your resume, where you were, where you are now. What's up with you? Sure, sure. Um, So uh, I used to work with Brandon and uh, Larry. At Section Studios. I actually am yeah. um, still at Section Studios. <laughs> so my background is uh, I study art in mm. college, and then I start my uh, uh, concept art concept artist career back in '96 after mm. graduating from our center. And then my first company I worked at was uh, Square USA. Mm. Uh, there, I uh, was there for three years, worked on a couple um, games, Esquire, Final Fantasy IX, Parasite Eve. And then oh. I had to look, relocate it to uh, Hawaii to work on Final Fantasy IX. And then after we shipped the game, I moved back to my hometown, Los Angeles. I'm sure and, that was terrible in Hawaii, by the way. Oh, man. I mean, I, mean, I have some story to tell, but. You know, I, I just put it this way. I was too young to appreciate the, <laughs> the, the paradise island, you know? Okay, okay. I, I miss all my friends and, you know, kind of like fun time in LA. So I was too young. So I rushed back home and I, I got my job at uh, Sony Santa Monica, where I stayed there for about 11 years. And I worked on God of War 1, 2, 3. And then during development of uh, Ascension, I left Sony and I start Section Studios with a um, couple partners that Justin Yoon, Jimmy Yoon. And then it's been already eight years. Oh my God, time flies. So during eight years, uh, we made some games. We do uh, a lot of service work for uh, game studios. Uh, sometimes we do marketing for uh, different like uh, 
companies. And lastly, past two and a half years, we worked on this game called Rival Crimson X Chaos, where uh, Larry Charles Jr. was uh, oh, one of the oh, crucial uh, game designer on the project. Oh, thank uh, you, Steve. And then also Brandon, Brandon Pham. I mean, Brandon oh, did a, really? was leading. Yeah, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Before uh, Rival, it was the Blood Tales, right? Right, it's, right. It felt like it felt like already like long time ago, yeah. but it's only a couple of year, a year ago. And uh, yeah. Brandon was uh, also lead environment artist on that project. So I work very closely with Brandon. And now we ship the game. So I'm gladly be invited. And thank you guys. Oh, come for on, having me. And yeah, we've been Is, waiting to do this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember you guys uh, walked around with this big stick with the. The camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, man. You, you got to specify. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, our office is in the middle of downtown, right? Uh, right. There's a cool, yeah. like, all like, the historic buildings around the block and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw you two guys, like, super built, like, tough guys. <laughs> you guys. That's, that's why get yeah. the stick. Yeah. With the, on the stick. <laughs> Yeah, that's why you guys are recording uh, some of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for the audience out there, if you want to know how long ago Cecil's talking about, if you go to our YouTube channel for Game Dev Unchained, <laughs> any video where you see Brandon and I in the video, that was us taking like a 10-minute work break to go do <laughs> one of these videos. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I, I, nice. I, it, Section still is one of my best memories at a workplace. Yeah. I mean, you guys have built Cecil is <laughs> doesn't really mention, but he's the co-founder, right? Of yeah. Section, he's just just worked there. He he, yeah. he runs yeah. the place, and it's one of the best places I worked at, mostly because of you, Jimmy, Justin. You guys create such a family type yeah. of environment that really foster creativity. So. Uh, uh, enough awesome. pampering <laughs> there's so much history that we want to track through right so let's go back and rewind okay. all the way back to uh, take us back to young cecil young cecil young cecil yeah let's do that was sony santa monica the first biggest studio no actually uh the square usa yeah Great was, USA, yeah. mm-hmm, that was Final Fantasy 9 is underrated, but that game had some of the best art direction and most memorable characters that I can say. I love Zidane, but you know, I'm Zidane. just looking at that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Zidane. And uh, also he's a good soccer player. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's bold. <laughs> <laughs> it's all works in our favor. Yeah. So 96. Like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that like? What was it like what? Your first big job working at Square, you know, that's a company with a reputation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe I didn't really understand um, how big the Final Fantasy franchise was. Mm. <laughs> I, I had no idea. And that's yeah. when just Which, PlayStation you 1. PlayStation 1, okay. Yeah, yeah PlayStation yeah. 1 became popular during 96, mm. 95. Yeah. So... You know, first interview I walked in, um, the art director actually had a, show me the uh, 3D, um, back then it's called a full motion video, FMV. FMV. Not, yeah, we didn't, we didn't call it remember uh, that. Uh, cinematics. And yeah. in, on TV screen, there was huge airship flying over this little cute like girl waving at it. And mm-hmm. 
color palettes and uh, the the 3D details are like something like equivalent to what we see in Pixar movies, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, my jaw was dropped and like, wow, what is that? And he's like, this is a game. I'm like, wow, really? And then the first thing he said is like, you never know, you might be designing one of those ships. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> so that was like me, Tony, I was like 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And the first uh, impression I got about that, the project and yeah and then he hired me for uh, doing a lot of uh, storyboard for those cinematics mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. then i slowly uh, got more involved in uh, actual production uh, doing uh, the map design and the background mm-hmm. design and location design things like that cool. yeah so it was something uh, i was lucky right it was i got thrown at like one of the best development team in the world back then. And then uh, culturally it was very different too, because it was company set in United States, Los Angeles, Maria Delay, but a lot of uh, developers actually came from Japan too. Oh, okay. So we had uh, these two um, culture and language, and there was always uh, what do you call it? um, Translator and, Mm-hmm. Um, the the coordinator always have to make sure the communication happens between, you know, American, uh, U.S. staff and then Japan staff. What was that uh, dynamic like? So obviously the main game was being developed in Japan, but the U.S. studio, what were they in charge of? What were you guys in charge of? Um, so actually... What I described earlier, that was um, mostly the Parasite Eve. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, Parasite Eve, wow, man. Yeah. I love that game. <laughs> yeah, that game is awesome, right? Especially the combat system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing, you know, it's funny. I mean, is, is it okay for me to a little bit like sidetrack? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, dude, we're all about sidetrack. Okay, okay. Yeah. Never stay on topic. <laughs> so I was talking about Parasite Eve with, with uh, one of our uh, designer and we're thinking, wow, that combat mechanic would work really great in a mobile too. Mm-hmm. Because it was like the real-time gameplay, but as soon as you go into the combat, it becomes turn-based, right? Mm-hmm. But then that transition between those two is like so instant. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember like the Aya, the, the main girl character, she's mm-hmm. like, she's wearing like the, the cocktail evening dress and holding nice mm-hmm. pistols and running around in a tiny room. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. as soon as she sees the creature, there's like mm-hmm. uh, the, what do you call it? A range of uh, the target, target spear that throws out over her and then you can choose your weapon instantly. So, man, I, I think that's one of those brilliant game design. And uh, I think, now some of the mobile technology can actually uh, make that happen. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Parasite is also uh, kind of like a good uh, nostalgic like game experience yeah. for uh, some of the developers, like myself and you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always cool. So, continuing from there. <laughs> oh, great so, just and, right back in. yeah so end of Parasite Eve some of us has to had to move to Hawaii to uh, finish oh, the game 
poor yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of like the um, some of the business decision they had to make because mm-hmm. um, I I was asked to go there and basically to finish the project. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I was doing mostly the uh, map detach uh, work, meaning back then we used the uh, pre-render background, right? It's right. not like full 3D camera um, background. So whatever you see is fake 3D. It's, uh, it's modeled and textured in 3D, but in game, it works as just 2D backdrop play. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then there is some uh, atmospheric details that we have to put in, like snows and cracks and... You know, sometimes a lot of snow I had to paint because mm-hmm. a big majority of uh, maps are, uh, uh, I think, Natural History Museum in New York. Mm-hmm. And that's true. it was set in uh, wintertime. So mm-hmm. there was a Central Park and then the museum is actually um, close to uh, Central Park. So mm-hmm. it was over like 100 maps that me and uh, my boss, my supervisor, good friend of mine, we paint a lot of snows because snows, if you try to do that in 3D, it just takes so much time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just paint snows. And some of the maps actually had a two versions. One is like persistent version and one is like dinosaur come to the creature and he just smashes everything, right? Mm-hmm. So after a while, you come back to the same room and then you have to create the destructive, uh, destroyed version. Mm-hmm. And those also a lot efficient if we paint in a uh, Photoshop. So I did that and then we shipped the game and then Square decided to make Final Fantasy IX in Hawaii Honolulu studio. So basically they asked uh, me if I want to stay and I said, yeah, sure, I stay. And then that was another three years I ended up just working there. So back to uh, Brandon's question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the, the Final Fantasy IX started uh, like similar time with Final Fantasy X or something mm-hmm. like that. So I think they wanted to use IX to be more um, more uh, truth to the original like classic, uh, yeah. classic old, old yeah. RPG, Final, yeah. RPG, right? Yeah. And also the character... They want to retain like the stylized proportion, meaning like little cute, smaller size. Yeah. With the big head. Where Final Fantasy VIII was a realistic style, right? Very realistic, yeah. 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 And then 10 was a realistic. So nine was, I think, it was more more of a Hironobu Sakaguchi's uh personal like uh tribute to the mm-hmm. fans and like yeah. Yeah. So the it was great. I mean it was such a charming game. It, yeah, yeah it was charming. Yeah, that was my last Final Fantasy game that I played from beginning to end. Like fifteen is probably the closest that I got curious to get back in the series. But I played through seven, loved mm. eight, loved nine, and then I stopped at ten. <laughs> I just couldn't anymore. <laughs> and it was, I think, mostly it was uh, because they were first playing with dialogue. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. English voiceovers was just killing me with the bad dialogue. <laughs> um, <I see. laughs> but like, this is interesting, man, because um, a lot of the PS1 developers nowadays with mobile becoming such a big thing, and this is kind of tracking back to what you guys are doing now at Section. Yeah. 
there's such an advantage to know all that stuff because Mm -hmm. yes, mobile is getting stronger and yes, it will achieve the ability of what we can do now with PS4. But, um, you know, it's still like this battery and like the small case. And I think the less we can get away with, you know, the more you can play with your games and not have it blow up in your hands. So a lot of the tricks, like you said, with the 2d background renders, like Mm -hmm. I, I see that, yeah. a lot like just the optimization of things and making things efficient or is it is it has it been like a nice nostalgia uh feeling like developing on mobile games now because you just came back from god of war which is like high yes. peak to the extreme of the consoles and then now back to kind of like what you were doing on parasite even yeah and of I, course of course um that's that's a I guess unconsciously, uh, you, you're right. I mean, that three years developing games for PlayStation 1, I mean, actually like four years, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long time. And the limitation that we had, you know, you know, just uh, we were using different software too, like Nichiman, you know, mm-hmm. and just making everything with just uh, polygons. And, and well, the mobile games, yeah, it's... You have to like, especially for us, like the section studio, you know, we're not like huge, you know, we're, we're a small team and we have to like plan it from the beginning, you know, how to make everything efficiently. Right. Mm-hmm. So camera, I am Brandon, you and I <laughs> struggle, <laughs> struggle to go to camera. Right. Right. It's how, how important to lock down the camera when you mm-hmm. are designing environment. So. And then it's it's kind of everything goes hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Without knowing what character is going to be doing on that on the scene, you can't really design the camera. So, mm-hmm. and without having right character uh, designed first, you don't know the size and then the range of movement and all that stuff too. So now I now I look back, I really appreciate that I work with such a talented. Uh, artists, including Brandon and Kaden, especially Kaden, mm-hmm. because, you know, when I, when I started working on uh, Blood Tales, which is the, probably the, the, the base for the rival, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I, I was ready to show like the, the coolest thing on mobile. Right. Right. So I was pushing everything as much as I can, having cool map paintings and, you know, like intricate, like nice architectures and stuff like that. But in the end, clarity, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when people play games on the mobile, it's not like they sit down and they know they're going to invest at least 20, 30 minutes of game playing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's more like, okay, let me, let me just kind of take a break, you know? Mm-hmm. And okay, it's like you... You have to watch game. Oh, that's a funny explanation from one of the guys. Uh, mobile game is sometimes you have to watch like something you don't want to watch because your girlfriend want to watch something from Netflix, right? You just have to be there. <laughs> and then, and then you just play the games. That's why it's like, it's always like second focus, right? Mm-hmm. There's something always going on around you. It never like pulls you in hundred percent. So mm-hmm. that, clarity and a lot of times the sound is also turned off and then it's very mm-hmm. minimal. Very so true. yeah. So 
I mean, when Brandon was building uh, those architectures, it was very clear that, you know, texture wasn't too noisy and mm -hmm. the color between the sky and the buildings and the, the ground is very distinct. Yeah, different. Mm -hmm. So all those things we learned, you know, it's almost like you start with full detailed pictures and mm -hmm. we ended up start like streaming down and make it simpler, right? Right. Yeah. And Final Fantasy, it is pretty crazy because if I don't show the gameplay mm -hmm. in a movie, people might think that that was more detailed than some of the games that came out a couple years later. Mm -hmm. But what people don't know is that's a static image, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that trick that we used in the Final Fantasy and also Parasite Eve, it was just met, made to like show off the artistic like skills, right? Art, mm -hmm. art, art in uh, general. So I think I was lucky because that my career started off with those two projects that I was fortunate enough that work on the project that they knew how to maximize the visual uh, fidelity, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and after that, I played Tomb Raider, and then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. oh my god, it's just mm -hmm. that looks like a rock, but it's just just <laughs> simple rock. There's nothing much in there. <laughs> <laughs> and and the box rock. Yeah. yeah, and when you put in Final Fantasy, it's just everything is like so detailed. So yeah. right, and even I was working on. I was actually making that game, but I still, it took me a while for me to realize what, how much you have to sacrifice when, once you give the control to the players, when they can look mm -hmm. around and do, look everything, right? Mm -hmm. And then that actually um, uh, came to discussion when we were making God of War 1 too, because mm -hmm. when we were working on God of War, I, I was working with uh, David Chaffee, um, he, he did an awesome job kind of like making these the key decisions on the what makes God of War, God of War. Because mm -hmm. back then we were looking at other games that had a free camera. Free camera was the thing back then, right? Mm -hmm. And Shadow of Colossus had a free camera. So we were thinking God of War should have free looking camera, but he early on, he decided, no, you're going to, you're going to lock, the camera so it's mm -hmm. gonna have a little bit of a following movement right dolly movement where like um, devil may cry has when dante jumps from platform to platform cameras automatically just follows behind him but mm -hmm. we never let users to control the camera right by doing so we were focusing on what certain areas not thinking about having this full like background in the game right so I mean, I guess early on, I worked on the game that had a restrictions on the camera. Mm -hmm. And that way, I was able to learn how to design like a pillars, you know, how to design repeated shapes and how to design like putting like the symbols and like the murals and like some of the images like from place to place. That way, you, uh, players know where they are, right? So they don't right. get lost. Like they don't just, you know, wander around place not knowing where just they have been and stuff. I think it's nine o'clock. So I guess I'm just like talking crazy. No, no, no. no. no this is good. You are touching <laughs> okay. on great it's, it's stuff. Actually, 
Oh, okay. It's interesting to bring up God of War right now. Obviously, you know, the they've kind of reinvented the franchise, but let's take it back to the origin again. And yeah. one of the things that I don't think a lot of listeners know, but a lot of people who know you know, you had a hand in helping to actually design Kratos himself. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, no, that's the... That's that's uh, some of the um, the credit I I get, but no, actually that's not that's not me. As Kratos is designed by uh, Charlie Wan, okay. who was a good friend of mine. Who's probably one of the the most t- uh, talented uh, artists I've worked with. Okay. So him and I, we actually let the uh, uh, the concept development he in charge of creatures and uh, characters and i was doing a lot of uh, environment concept okay. so gotcha. he i was designing world he was designing actors gotcha. and act- actresses and mm-hmm. all this whole cast so yeah i mean thank you i so mean you were, you were there looking <laughs> over his shoulder like oh, i was i was that's right next to him and yeah, you yeah, yeah. Can believe <laughs> how many sketches he had done Mm-hmm. Because it took pretty much about two years to we finally wow. to yeah. finalize the character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I, I did I did a lot of sketches with him too in the very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. before you went over to Santa Monica, uh, you obviously finished up at Square and made the big move back to LA. Mm-hmm. Was God of War part of the pitch to sway you to go over? Uh, no, not at, not at all. Not, okay, what was, not at all. What was that transition? Because Santa Monica wasn't there; they weren't as big as they are now. Obviously, what no, were they working on that, at that time? When I interview um, Shannon Stustill, who still um, she's at the head of uh, uh, Sony Santa Monica, I think she's a PP in a global studio. Um, it was uh, 989 Studios. It was mm, the front name. Right. Because that was the, I think it was uh, 989 Studios back then were doing really good with, with the sports titles, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, just like EA. And when I sat down with her, she basically said, well, I think we are going to change our name to Sony. And mm-hmm. if that any, like, affects you or change um so basically i had a multiple offer back then because mm-hmm. because i worked on the final fantasy i had a pretty solid portfolio yeah and uh, that three years of experience working with square team um there's a lot of companies that wanted to um wanted to get into that space right like rpg right, right. and console and story based like um games so I had a multiple offer, and back then we had a recruiter, headhunter. Back then we called headhunter. So a friend of mine said, you know, let me introduce you to this guy. And I talked to him, and he basically uh, set up multiple interviews for me. And then uh, Sony Santa Monica was the, one of them. And I, I walked in, I the studio was like, it's, it was like cool, like uh, warehouse, high mm-hmm. ceiling, it's something that like you you didn't think that game studio would be because a lot of mm-hmm. game studio back then was kind of like just office space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cubicles and yeah. but Sony Santa Monica was was really inspiring. It's like very creative environment, and it was only like twenty some people. Wow, very small team, and 
I sat down and I uh, asked Shannon, uh, so what project uh, is uh, am I going to be work, working on? And she she said, it's going to be an awesome project, but we, we're still trying to decide what those projects are. Mm-hmm. So I took my chance. I basically said, okay. told, my, told myself, I just want to stay in this cool office. <laughs> <laughs> the office sold it for you. <laughs> and, the high ceilings. Yeah. yeah and then move. And then, yeah, and then Shannon basically told me the basically best, like she convinced me saying, we care about what artists need. We're not Mm -hmm. just business people. We make sure like, you know, you have to be creative and we facilitate that, you know, thing for you. So that was really good to hear Mm -hmm. because the Square was a little different. Square was uh, such a tight organization, right? Because, you know, it's like I was working on a ninth of franchise. That franchise was how many years, right? About 15, 20 years. And then they have Bibles for everything. Right. Yeah. Back then, there was no digital archive system. So they had a huge binder of (laughs) creatures, right? Yeah. And if if you look at those binders, is from like plants, like looking creatures to like cactus looking creatures to mm. is, is something that you wouldn't know they, they know their own style because you mm. think that all these uh, creatures you run into fighting, it's all random, but it's not random. Mm. They, they have yeah. a long um, history, right? Right. Yeah. Man, so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I work, I was, I started working at Sony Santa Monica. That was uh, 2000. Yeah. 2000. Mm-hmm. And did you come on as a concept artist or a senior concept artist, art director? That, that I was a, a senior concept artist. Okay. Yeah. And they were, they were trying to um, figure out their second internal project, I think. Right. The first one being Twist Metal. Oh, actually, Twist Metal Black was the, the external. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it actually gave me an art test, though. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, it, it was it was funny because... Your last art test. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. So, I was waiting for all my stuff to be shipped from Hawaii, including yeah. my scanner and my computer, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I had nothing to work on, right? Yeah. So I asked asked Shannon basically, yeah, I'll definitely do the the test, but can I just come in here and do it? And she said, oh, no, nice. uh, no. I mean, you know, it's like yeah. it, it, it's probably the uh, right way to 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 uh, business, like maybe the reliability issue and stuff. Mm, sure, but the sure. test was basically come up with cool characters in for the twisted metal black right because twisted metal black has this like uh, cast of crazy looking like fighting yeah. cars like combat cars yeah. so they didn't really show me anything but basically said just come back with some ideas that we we're going to look at it mm-hmm. so i went home i had nothing so i bought a uh, the sketch pad and then uh, i start sketching but one of the character was the uh, bride character mm-hmm. and she had a blood on her dress mm-hmm. and she was uh, holding a knife and her look on her face is like 
she's something happened to her. She's just yeah, no. lost herself, right? And then one of the character was, you know, the puppets, you know, puppet, but mm-hmm. puppet became alive. So he's got all these uh, strings attached to him. But yeah. anyway, so instead of uh, rendering one of them, I probably brought like 10 sketches and actually David, Jeffy, he came to the room and he was looking to the sketch and he loved the bright idea, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like, wow, this is cool. This is awesome. <laughs> and actually that character became a character. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Twisted Metal uh, Black, I think one of the intro uh, movie, the, well, and Pride actually appearance-wise, she's different than what I sketched because right. what I sketched was like a little skinny and she's like, stylized but mm-hmm. that when i saw that i'm like wow i guess yeah. when you create this um uh, like american horror history type of cast right mm-hmm. i think she fits right in so yeah so little did you know you called it an art test they called it outsourcing that was outsourcing oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> man i mean i give you a lot of props for well, I mean, to me at that point, it feels like you want an art test. Here's Final Fantasy Nine. Here's Parasite yeah, yeah. E. <laughs> this is yeah. all me right here. <laughs> like, I guess it was. Resume, uh, the art test. Yeah, I know. Uh, right? So it took some time to actually sit down, especially with not having, without having all your stuff. It was mm-hmm. a sketchbook, but obviously it worked. Showed hey, but you know what? Yeah. There's a good lesson in that, though, especially to some of the younger artists coming up is Cecil had all his equipment in route and he didn't say, oh, well, I guess that's yeah. it for me. I'm not going to try. He, you know, still found a way to make it happen. There's no excuse. He just went for it. And that's something that I think we can underline for the audience. Like, you know, don't right. let excuses be excuses or don't let excuses be the reason. Right. Like, who cares? Find a way to get it done. I think that's really cool. And I admire that, that you did that, Cecil. I, I think uh, I'm sorry, because of that, it I was it worked as a lock to me because because I didn't have uh, equipment to scan. If I had a mm-hmm. scanner, I probably scan and try to do some color shading or right. a little bit of touch up. Right. And I had no uh, I didn't want to go buy a scanner. Right. Right. So. So what I did was I just had to bring a bunch of sketches that actually let me explore more ideas and not spending too much time on one ideas. One rendering. Mm-hmm. And actually back then there was a one art director in the studio. His name was Tate Musician. He was actually an um, uh, art director for uh, most recent uh, Uncharted mm-hmm. um, legacy, Lost Legacy. So Tate came in and Tate still told telling me that she's like you're the only guy <laughs> brought back ske- uh test with bu- idea sketches mm-hmm. because i guess other people just spend time like polishing their uh drawings but mm-hmm. i wish i could show you guys I, if i can like i probably in like box somewhere <laughs> so it's that's great isn't it it's it's yeah. you know, like you you had to force yourself to uh, get maximized with what you have and yeah. it worked out for me so congrats yeah. man yeah. I definitely feel artists and designers I guess we'll, we'll include Larry on this one uh, are a, lo- <laughs> a lot more creative when there are limitations and for that reason you you stood out so mm-hmm. uh, and, and it really harks back to a lot what I see with mobile game and I love the PS1 PS2 era 
of of games. I feel like at that time, Japanese gaming was definitely yeah. ruling all, and it was more about uh, less about tech and more about being creative, being fun. And mobile games nowadays, if I can say anything about mobile games, they're all about getting to the fun first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least the games that are very popular, you know, um, come from a very good game design standpoint, right? Like I, I feel with AAA, especially nowadays, it's been a lot of hit and misses. Like you have mm-hmm. to buy in and then you pop it in and you're like, wow, everything looks beautiful. But the design, <laughs> it's like, how did they get past 15 minutes of playing this? So I just feel like the, the technical limitation helps filter all that out. Like it's just mm-hmm. like, let's make it about the game, make it fun. Because that's the thing that you see first and that's the thing that keeps people around. And right. it, it kind of ties back to what you were doing with the art test, your last art test. You need to p- put that on a plaque or uh, frame that stuff because that's pretty legendary, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the last art test. You're right. <laughs> 18 years ago. <laughs> uh, well, that's a long time. So since you guys did talk about including me as a game designer, Cecil, I actually do little small game design ideas all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, but I think I have a great game design idea and it's going to work. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. So this game is called the fast five. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. And in order to play, I just need five rapid fire answers back from you. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's play the theme music. <laughs> Question number one, Cecil, what's your favorite superhero to draw? Um, I don't know. It's like Aquaman. Okay. <laughs> that barely counts. <laughs> I don't know why. Super I don't know why Aquaman just, just suddenly appears right in front of me. Yeah. The Jason Momoa version, of course, is that must be what it is. Uh, <laughs> question number two: What's the last game that really stunned you with its graphics? Uh, the Lara Croft Go. <laughs> oh, the oh, Mobile yeah. Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobile Tomb Raider. Very right? clean look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question number three: What is the first video game console that you owned? Oh, PlayStation One. All right. Question number four. What is a hobby you have that a lot of people don't know about? Cooking. Oh, yeah. That's oh, nice to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So question number five comes from our last week's guest, Roman Goroshkin. I hope I said that right. I probably didn't. Uh, he wants to know, what was your favorite video game soundtrack? Oh, Einander, which is my oh, uh, ID yeah. I'm using for a lot of uh, game ID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Einhander was fantastic. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like a game that if you bought it right now, it probably cost you about two hundred bucks. That's oh such really? A, well, I'm just guessing. I I could probably look it up on Amazon and get a used copy for a hundred. But that is a rare PlayStation One game. Yeah, uh, from Square, they took a shot in like the shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, it's so good. Such yeah. a good game. Mm-hmm. Got just like too short though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Short and sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Cool. Well, Cecil, you actually did a really good job. So I'm going to give you the uh, prize. Oh yeah. The prize is yeah. The prize is awesome. Uh, it's got monetary value. You get to ask the guest of next week any question you want about gaming or game development. So just like Roman asked a question for you, you get to ask next week's guest a question. So if you have a question that I can write down to ask next week's guest, okay. What is uh, your favorite? What, 
what what color. is what is the what is the favorite um politi- <laughs> politi- politically incorrect game? Oh, oh got shit. it. That's a good one. Good one. Boom. Record time, Cecil Kim. Yeah. I think that puts you in about third place. Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, I have questions, right? So let's go through the challenges and the lessons learned. Obviously, you went through Twisted Metal. You worked on most of the God of War franchise. Uh, no, not the not the most recent one, which is... Not the recent one. Yeah, a little bit on Ascension. Can't wait on that. God 1, 2, 3. So my question is with... You know, you being there 11 years, mm-hmm. um, you've seen, you know, how it grew from 20 people to a lot of people mm-hmm. and then working on a, a very highly regarded Sony PlayStation license, right? Like God of War. Mm-hmm. My curiosity has always been with, you know, the development from uh, with sequels, right? From God of War, God of 2, that's obviously PlayStation 2. Um, what were the challenges to, you know, it's a, it's a crazy hit, right? You guys are sanctioned to work on God of War 2. How was that? And then the same question for God of War 2 to God of War 3, you know, going up to PlayStation 3 and having to deliver a new type of experience on a new console. What kind of pressures were you guys under and what kind of challenges kind of... I would say... God of War 1 was really long, a little bit of dragging game <laughs> development because it's unknown, uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. The new IP and just entire like three years of time is for us to uh, figure out what that game is, right? right? So it was towards the end when everything started plugging together and I... I knew that that game is gonna just gonna be everyone's favorite, but that was really later, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like very emotional, but and a lot of things going on in my life too back then, and just like everybody else. But you're just kind of building a family, right? Right. And we launched the game, and was was uh, regarded as like high you know rating successful title everyone's loved it so team it was like just like winning a world cup right right and those team when they go into the second competition it's like let's do do this again it just everything works like um it's like a magic right so mm-hmm. i within that short period of time i think god of war 2 we were able to like double, even like triple, triple the amount of boss. And if you, if you look at actual location, that's that's the one game that I feel like it felt really like an adventure because Kratos mm-hmm. going from like land to Hades and, you know, going to the island and going to the forest. So it's like if you map out the whole journey, it's super long and it's very colorful. Mm-hmm. And... I think because of the team was so motivated and we wanted to give fans that what they want to have, right? Because we really sat down and understand like what fans wanted to see more and what didn't work. So we were able to trim out what didn't work and just make it even better and better. So to me, God of War 2, I think a lot of people went through a lot of the 
crunch and stuff like that. But it went 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 by super fast. It was like mm-hmm. blink of eye and then it's done. <laughs> what was the kind of rough time frame of God of War One development and then God of War Two development? Just to so God of War One started two thousand three and we shipped it. I think two thousand six. And then mm-hmm. God of War, oh, because of this, this too, because we knew that PlayStation 3 is coming out and we had to make decisions that if God of War 2 is going to come out in uh, PlayStation 4 or 3, right? So we actually decided to uh, put it out on 2. So we had to like rush it, right? So I think it was like little over than over two years we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from there to God of War three is you know how like graphics like jumped from yeah. PlayStation two to three is is because of all the normal maps introduced mm-hmm. and then all the scripting and it's just like lighting and everything. So there's a lot of work has to be redone mm-hmm. on the tech side too. So we knew and also we have to come up with something that live up to the 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 Expectation, right? Yeah. So it was more like a reset, and it was mm-hmm. like it's one of those rare uh, game dev experience that I had from the day one. There were people waiting for the game to come out. Right. <laughs> that pressure is like it, you can feel it. You know, people were already talking about it. They were already like like trying to figure out what the story is, and then with the new leadership, where the stick became a director. Mm-hmm. And that another f- almost like three and a half years to four years on the development of Garbo 3 was, it's, it's like, you know, you, you're in the top of the, the, the game there, right? You, yeah. you have everything you need, all the supports from Sony. So it was, it's a, each development time is very different. Uh, if I try to remember, I, I felt it very differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the challenges are plentiful from game to game. Uh, you spent 11 years mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Sony Santa Monica, had a lot of good memories, a lot of growth. And obviously that wasn't enough, right? <laughs> so here you are over at Section Studios. So how yeah. scary was that jump to, I mean, you had a pretty secure thing going on, right? You could have just wrote that forever if you wanted to. but you wanted more, right? So what was the reason? What was um, the, 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 the turning point for you to finally like, Hey, let's try this thing that I've been always curious about. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's something I try to answer myself. And I think a lot of it um, happened because I always like question myself, right. Mm-hmm. That, what is it like to make something you want to make, right? And mm-hmm. whether it's small or big. And I think now I think about it, i teaching at a college because I started teaching uh, during God of War, God of War uh, 1, 2, 3. So I've been already teaching like since 2003. And my class was... Um, it's not like game design. It was like illustration class mm-hmm. at Otis. So it was more like like short time that I t- 
time travel back to what I study in our center, right? That illustration. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun for me because I create different assignments to students and try to inspire them from assignment to assignment. And then guess what? Like you have 10 students and then every time you see their um, uh, homework or finals, everyone has very different approach and very different personality in their work, right? Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to like do something with it. You know what I mean? Like as much there inspired me, I I feel like, wow, there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. So that gave me a breathing room when I was working on God of War for 10 years because I was working on a one uh, subject matter, like Greek mythology with this like over the top action game. But once a week, or maybe I was one time I was teaching three classes. Mm-hmm. So I was balancing out myself, mm-hmm. but then I realized um, it doesn't have to be God of War. It doesn't have to be big game. It could mm-hmm. be something small, but I want to make, make my own um, stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that was, I was battling with that idea for a while, but it, it's really scary. And when yeah. you have to quit the job, and also I was thinking about just doing freelance too, but it didn't really um, make sense to me either because I wasn't really trying to be um, someone out there become like popular and famous, you know, mm-hmm. I was so grounded into that molded into the, the long game dev team culture. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't want to go to a different company either because to mm-hmm. me, it's like, just like changing your, your uh, environment. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking about that for a long time. And then I guess what really started me to thinking was, um, just, I couldn't really see myself, um, finishing the God of War for another couple more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of the technology gets sophisticated and dev time gets longer. Mm-hmm. One project that I was a little bit got involved that was scheduled to be developed for five years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like I was going into like late 30s and 40s, early 40s. Five years during that time is a long time. It's a big <laughs> yeah. So, and then of course, you know, there was like the mobile, um, different platform was becoming popular and people are slowly realizing they can do a lot more with the phone. So, you know, is everything kind of happens at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I met Justin and Justin uh, had a company back then. It's called the Blue Canvas. Yeah. And I really like what they're trying to do too. So I was emailing him saying like, wow, you guys doing awesome stuff. Try to like create this uh, community for the artist. And then their, their magazine, you can really tell their genuine uh, purpose of what they're trying mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And then one time, you know, Justin wanted to see me. I had to pick up some magazines from him because I got featured. And then, you know, Justin was asking me straight on, like just looking in my eyes saying, where do you go from here? What, what, what is your next goal? 
Mm-hmm. You know, you you uh, you worked on this big title. <laughs> put me on the spot, right? So I, yeah, I told yeah. him, I was like looking I'm at. I'm gonna him take these damn magazines. Yeah, I'm gonna take these damn magazines and just finish this beer and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, yeah. But then I I told Justin, you know, you know what? I I, I don't know. I don't know how, but I just want to start on my own team and the company. I don't know how, mm. but that's something I really want to do. And it's right timing. Justin was looking for a way to um, uh, spin off their business because their uh, magazine business was having a hard time because, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how printing industries was going uh, out of business because of the transition to digital uh, medium. Mm -hmm. So he offered me to be uh, be a partner. Mm -hmm. And what I... So what what he had, what his team had was infrastructure. Basically, mm-hmm. they had a really awesome family like crew. It was only like ten people, but everyone's like so friendly. It's like young, and it's like everyone had a, their own uh, area they cover, like uh, from mm-hmm. administration to accounting to you know IT to. Um, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. So I I know some of the things that I have no idea doing stuff, you know, the bookkeeping or even like how to write emails to to client, business emails, stuff like that. So when I saw Justin, I saw the quality of his personality being very honest and genuine and yeah. just laid back, just cool guy yeah. to, you want to hang out yeah. with, right? Sounds about right. Yeah, and then and then and Justin had a, a lot of res- respect towards me too, from artist mm-hmm. to artist, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was a good like, um, um, uh, yeah. So I told him, you know what? It sounds a great idea, but give me some time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Jimmy kicked in. Jimmy kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I see how the brothers do it. Yeah. And then uh, Jimmy was, Jimmy kind of talked to me in a very professional way, you know, mm-hmm. basically asked me, just let's make this happen. But I I, I want to know like what he wants to know what I want to do. I want to, what I want to achieve in a short term goal, right? Mm-hmm. Basically like five year plan or whatnot. I have no idea what he was talking about back then. <laughs> <laughs> but I told him, just give me three months. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, the, you know, let's uh, give notice to Sony and I'll join you guys. Mm-hmm. Just, just to like kind of throw it out there. Right. Yeah. 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 And then that three months was probably the most stressful time I were worked. This I'm like, I, I should be standing outside your yeah, house. I, I, I give the word, you know, I, I gotta yeah. keep, keep the word. And yeah. that three years, three months came super quick. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually, I actually had a chance to travel to uh, Spain. Right. I think. That's when my wife had a, some sort of uh, training he had, she had to do, and mm-hmm. I wanted to join her, so I flew out there. But plan didn't work out, so I ended up stay there by myself. Mm-hmm. And I just I was just just traveling from uh, I think 
one of the city that I went to was, I forgot, it was the town in South. Anyway, when you travel by yourself, you know how you don't really, you don't really uh, talk to anybody, right? You just right. become like self-driven, like tour mm-hmm. hunger, travel hunger. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was pushing myself too much, meaning I was carrying my bag. I didn't eat. I didn't, didn't drink. I didn't arrange my uh, hotel properly. So one time I got to the city in the morning, I almost like dehydrated. I was just like not myself. Right. And then I walked into this big cathedral and I sat down. And that's when I knew, like, it's like some voice from the the sky saying like, you know, just do it. Go to Jimmy and Justin. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you, what are you afraid it's, of? It's, right? it's definitely saying, Jimmy behind you. I guess when when your uh, mind is so tired, right, you, you just kind of see the see through, right? Basically saying, right. "Yeah, why not?" I mean, it's just and also one of the, one of my uh, philosophy that I always had: um, luck and the chance. They they they're one of those things come by next to you and they tap your shoulder and asking you, "Come on, let's go!" Right? Right. And it only happens one or two times in your life, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't like seize it, if you don't really like, that happens to everybody, right? So to right. me, I always had that that uh, thinking, and I think that was that moment I I decided to do. And I came back and I talked to a few people and told, given notice, and start new day. And man, that feeling that I walked out of the Sony when I the last day. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was it was it was uh heavy? It was weird. Yeah, you've was, been. You know, it's a family, basically. Eleven yeah, years. Yeah, you because, spend time with those people more than your your own family. I mean, <laughs> because you know, it's like that experience. The working with team because that team was also like you know went through from nothing to like where they are now mm-hmm. and some of them became like my best friends you know yeah yeah, yeah. and we still hang out and talk to each other they're they're awesome guys a lot yeah. of them you still work with right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and they, they came to my wedding I, I i went to their weddings and yeah you know they they see me having a kid it's all those things you know mm-hmm. well so, this is a perfect perfect segue yeah <laughs> So yeah. what happened next, Cecil, now that you're at section and obviously some of your friends joined you? Yeah. What did you, uh, you guys work on over there? Yeah. Right <laughs> here right now? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I wish I have time to talk about this a little more. So, yeah, I mean, our game is out now, right? Mm-hmm. So it came out last last week, last uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And... You know, hard to say what's the exact like development time, but mm-hmm. if I include like that first prototype I made and with a handful of people and then went on like pitch uh, process, that's almost like three years. Mm-hmm. And first year is almost like like getting the prototype done and get 
some business deal, sort it out, and uh, try to find the team, hiring like team. That was the first year, and the second year was like going full speed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the action RPG. Actually, that's the uh, Brandon um, did a majority. Uh, of uh, the supervising the building the world with the, mm-hmm. his team. So second year was more like like realizing like um, le- learning process. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Caden put it in a really nice way because of uh, prototype was so strong and well uh, created. Mm-hmm. We thought the game would be, uh, we know how to make an uh, end product, right? Right. But what we didn't know was we didn't really define the end product, meaning um, what type of uh, core game loop we're going to have mm-hmm. and how we're going to retain uh, the fun aspects for the users. And in the end, it's how we're going to create contents once we launch the game, right? Mm-hmm. So all those things, because of lack of experience in the mobile development, mm-hmm. we start to realize, oh my God, like we didn't think about this. And then mm-hmm. it was just, we were still making making it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we were also prototyping some of the mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. So that was really hard. But we were able to one thing that really worked was the visual uh, style of the game and which was i think now i think about it like unconsciously that that some of the visuals that i wanted to create from the beginning is still remains in the, mm-hmm. the product that we shipped yeah, last week so third year was basically like complete change right the se- end of the second year we came to work, coming to work was just under a lot of pressure because we had to hit the milestone and, you know, but the problem was the, uh, a lot of us didn't really enjoy playing our games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start to hitting like walls, right? Basically mm-hmm. frame rates and like sh- just, just putting out a build takes time and, you know, you have to, make sure it runs on like low, low end device and game wasn't optimized. So there was a lot of things that we weren't prepared yet, you know? Mm. So there was a huge the design change happened at the end of the second year. That's when we uh, decided to make a strategy game instead of an action RPG game. Mm-hmm. But to me, because of the core, uh, some of the main uh, champions and characters, there were AIs and main heroes from the action RPG, right? Mm-hmm. So we had this archetype, we had these characters that were already done, had animation all in place. So uh, one of the main designer, Naveen, he, uh, he ended up just making the prototype over the Christmas break. Basically, he wanted to tell me, he wants to show me like we should change the direction and we should make a more like a arena, uh, the combat, uh, fight, uh, strategy game, PVP game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
we went through a lot of uh, uh, discussions, and when when we came back from the break, we played his prototype, and it was was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So s- since then, we didn't look back. We just okay. We gotta. I mean, sometimes you know it. You don't know where where things are gonna work out, but we knew that that's the direction we had to uh, uh, stay with. Mm-hmm. So the team rallied up and 30 years, which was about a little more than a year ago, we completely changed the design. And then, yeah, I mean, we, we, now we have a character with 33 champions. Yeah. Champions meaning like those, uh, the uh, cars, right? The units, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we changed all the UIs and everything came together but to me it feels a lot like out of one you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's 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 the air you have in the studio right it's you don't mm-hmm. see it but it's it's like uh it's like the air it's, it's the um it's like team sports locker room like kind of uh air right right when team believes in each other like the team is on a good like momentum you know it's you just you just know right and mm-hmm. because i worked on like so many big titles in my past not so many but few but i think i don't remember every daily daily like thing happened back then right mm-hmm. but i remember there was that air <laughs> yeah. that, I'm, that i'm experiencing so it's just crazy it's like i feel a lot like we are at a point where we just right before we launched god of war one yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, with I'm I'm proud of the game because it's it plays awesome. It's mm-hmm. one of those uh, in one of those cases that you know if you're a chef, right? If you want to make a awesome dish, if you don't enjoy that dish, if you don't taste, and you know it's like you can you can eat it every day. Mm-hmm. You can't really serve to other people you too, you know. Right. So. La past uh, five months, once we start like have a matchmaking happen and all the network working, we were doing like um, internal tournaments within our uh, team, and it was always we, we loved to play our game. Cheering, yelling, uh, yeah, cheering, yelling, and it's yeah. like, and you know, it's like I mean, you watch like how like Riot did the League of Legends in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that video really inspired us too. And we believe that we have to make the games that we love to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything starts from there. The look, visual, all that stuff is not first thing. It's first thing is the gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. So luckily, we, um, a lot of our guys, they play a comparative PP game. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, I, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm not good at like playing with other people, especially mm-hmm. I play FIFA, like sports game, but yeah. Starcraft or even League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a different genre. Yeah. Different genre. But a lot of key, um, I mean, a lot of lead, lead guys that we had who actually like, um, uh, step up and, um, really the owning the design direction of the game they're 
they play a lot of PP games. Mm-hmm. So they were looking at our criticizing our game as user and player. Right. Right. So I have to learn all the small nuances and uh, the mechanics between counter attacks and you know all this you know the deep down like those uh, strategy like mm-hmm. informations that you know it's important to the users you know so yeah i mean what was going to say this, this game is awesome yeah, yeah it really is, is. Mm-hmm. i mean i love the connection that you're making with the development of god of war one you guys you know we're you know it was a tough road and then you guys finally were able to click into rhythm and i think a lot of mm-hmm. times when it comes to new ip especially yeah new team new everyone's working together for the first time i i i would even say 50 percent or even more than 50 percent of the time it's just being able to work well together and understanding each other's pace and rhythm to be able to then create something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and, I feel like, yeah, go ahead. And I think one of the successful thing was because I'm not, I'm not a game designer Mm -hmm. and I never got involved. I never uh, step out of a concept or art direction and never did a game design. So every time uh, I was uh, leading a discussion and like talking about game design, it's it's mostly like open conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's still still like that. Even even we talk about unit design and some of the character concept design. Sometimes I have I change the direction uh, right at that point because everyone just freely talks about their what they think, you know, what didn't work for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the uh, very vital like. Uh, um, the the force that we have in our studio because every time we the initial like uh, pipeline starts from like concept right mm-hmm. and it goes to modeling it goes to uh, animation it seems like it gets better and better and better right and it's not, it's not because of uh, it was set to follow one particular direction and every time it gets to someone else they they look at it and they put it infuse it with a better um, touch, and I realized that's happening when we were making first trailer because I want to, uh, we had to cut our own trailer and we didn't have uh, the budget to hire outside studio, so mm-hmm. we had to kind of like look at what's been out there and then uh, sort of dissect it and put it in our own trailer and. I had to sort of do the storyboard first, right? Mm-hmm. And every time we look at the progress that team made, and every time it gets to like uh, sound and it gets to effects, just getting better and better, right? And yeah. that's when I knew, like, okay, with team like this, I, I'm I'm ready to go to battle, right? Mm-hmm. Because once you have a product, you put it out there, and my job as the Chief creative officer is basically I have to present this product as a as a package, you know. And real work begins from there because now development is almost done. That means I have to come up with 
whether it's uh, marketing images or even uh, social media uh, posts, mm-hmm. even like um, so some comic strips so we can talk about uh, character behind story. Mm-hmm. And everyone involved in that little role and not really role, they're really like understanding the, the soul and the style of the game now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, finally, like team and myself, everybody is like, it's one like unified, like, because it just gets better and better. So I'm like, this, this is a really exciting time for me. It's like, whether game, how game performs out there for me, I was, I was worried too, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, you're putting a product out there and because it's a free to play game and people are going to download and but what's going to really like stick to the everybody is that what's the soul behind the the game right mm-hmm. yeah so packaging packaging design mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's it's an exciting time yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I have to say, man, the game is fantastic, and uh, I'm a huge fan. Like, obviously, you know, there was a shift in game design, but I think everybody can agree that was a necessary shift Mm -hmm. uh, based on, you know, just everyone playing the game and just deciding, like, there are really good things about this, and there are things that can get better. And so the direction was necessary. And it was great that, you know, if you really think back, not a lot of studios are able to do that. Like yeah. they stick it all the yeah. way through, the way through. Uh, win and mostly lose uh, in those type of situation. And it takes a lot of faith and mm-hmm. uh, motivation to be able to pivot when, you know, things aren't working. And so yeah. I can section for doing that man and the game is so much better because now. again again like similar to that uh the not having my scanner <laughs> and then they work a favor to me right mm-hmm. because of I, I knew myself that i i have to listen to people who understand this genre and i'm not i'm not a designer that's why that pivot or like I have to trust the team. I have to let the team decide. And that's the only way for us to survive, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you come to work and you're not excited about what you're making. Then it's just, it's just that it's like the castle is not going to sustain. It's just, it's going right. to crumble, right? Mm-hmm. So when Naveen actually took time off and made the prototype, I knew even before I see the prototype, I know I have to support him. You know, I have to right. do that because he just had a baby too. He's, he, yeah. that guy went home during the break and worked on the prototype. And then, you know, that point on, I, I know that, you know, team really want to make this, but my, um, my, I was doing the, the traditional like publisher kind of role. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm still questioning them. You know, why, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but now man it's it's, it's awesome i mean I, yeah i really appreciate the uh, even larry you too man i mean you're like so like like supportive and you're like 
the you're like such a you bring such a good like Five, you know, right? Positive vibe. Yeah, and you know, me and Rary has to like work on this uh, design pitch on the fly, and the publisher was in the meeting room. Remember, we came out and we had to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go change this. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Larry, please. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) by the end of the day, it's because of ours. Ours responsible for a lot more higher level mm-hmm. and very easier for me to uh freak out and you know mm-hmm. like get emotional right mm-hmm. and and which i did which i did like like terribly mm-hmm. but it's that the team always knew what they want to make and always knew that like um what what's more important right because I was pushing for like monetization early on. I was saying like, how are we going to make money? You know, we need to have this, we need to have <laughs> this. The money button. <laughs> yeah. What is the money button? <laughs> make it bigger. <laughs> make it bigger. <laughs> uh, but I'm just yeah, but teams basically said, you know, no, if you start doing that, then we're just going to be one of those garbages out there. And mm-hmm. uh, and you're gonna end up with worst case where it's not like we have a lot of money to push the game on the marketing side, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This is a one shot deal. We have to put everything in to define the product, and that philosophy still becomes what we are. And and users, players, they know. Like it's rare to find a game you come in and you don't have to spend. You don't have to pay mm. the first like like I, I don't know you don't have to, you don't have to pay the, basically the philosophy is let people like people who's really skilled and know how to dis- play really well with this kind of strategy game they mm. can still beat people who pay to win right mm-hmm. and it still works i me like i mean i get free like um uh f- I I I rack up some of the free uh, the in-game currency because I kind of asked because I wanted to upgrade faster. <laughs> and I'm I'm player level nine, but I still get crushed by people lower level because they know how to they, they think differently. They're yeah. they're just good gamers, right? Right. And that's good, right? Like when you make us a product that mm-hmm. other people play better than you, you've done well, and that's, that's usually. James Naismith is probably the worst basketball player ever, but he made basketball and he uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. so uh, I'm looking down at my clock and it says yep. we have been podcasting for over an hour, sir. So okay. first I want to congratulate you for going the long distance and uh, you know, thank you for making yourself available to share this amazing story with our listeners. And we have one last parting gift for you, sir. Brandon and I are just going to be quiet. And we're going to let you talk directly to our audience to shout out, to promote or raise awareness or broadcast something that you're really excited about, something you're involved in, or just something that you think the fans need to know about. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but it needs to come out in your voice. So I'm going to step back and let you, Mr. Cecil Kim, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. So thank you for uh, uh, joining uh, my podcast. 
All right. And <laughs> Thank you, Susan. I I want to tell you guys, you know, if I have a bad product, a bad game, or games that I'm not proud of, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this. But mm-hmm. you guys must download the game and see, like, how much work went in there. And it's, you're going to have a blast. And that's yeah. what I'm asking. And it's free. And it's available on Google Play, iOS, right now. And What's the name? Rival Crimson X Chaos. So, yeah. like, you can say Rival CXC. But, you know, I mean, you're going to have a blast. Just, mm. just trust me and... And you look through it and you're going to see like the soul that I keep saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> even the music too. It's actually composer is the one that good friend of mine did a whole God of War um, theme song. So it is, it, is a uh, collection of like, you know, to, to everything that I best know, know, understand, you know? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you heard him say it. He's a level nine player. So if you want to play against the legendary (laughs) system, just get to level nine. Uh, Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Cecil. Hey, man. Thank you for being up here and staying up late tonight. I'm Larry Charles, and I'm saying good night. Good night. Talking to you guys. Okay. Good night, everyone. Okay. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.